and welcome to Meet Me in the Middle, the podcast that endeavors to search out some middle ground in a world that loves to swing the pendulum very far on either side from the middle. Um, <laughs> my name is Jenny Omani. And I'm Annika Buckle. If you want to support the podcast, please consider giving us a review on whatever platform you listen to us on. Also, uh, sharing is caring. And uh, if you like what you're hearing, then we would like if you did that. Thank you. <laughs> okay, we are going to talk this week about matcha. Yee! What do you know about <laughs> matcha, Annika Buckle? I, I was just about to say, I don't, I pretty much don't know anything. It's like uh, something, something green tea, lots of health benefits. There's like very are ceremonial there? ways to do it. Are there look, lots of health look, benefits, Annika? Look, I'm joking. You're... <laughs> Safe space. Tell me what you think you know. This is what I <laughs> this is what this is what I have heard. Fair. <laughs> I cannot verify if it is true or Fair. if even I know it. This is just what lives in my brain. Yeah, totally. Um I believe there is some like quite ceremonial pieces to it in its original culture, and that's mm -hmm. literally everything I know. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, so it's an East Asia tradition. Um, and what you are referring to is uh, Japanese tea ceremonies utilize matcha. That's like sort of the centerpiece uh, for Japanese um, tea ceremonies. So yeah, you're bang on with the ceremonial part. And we're not really going to talk at all about the traditional uses of matcha. Um, we're looking at it in terms of its overlap within the wellness space. Um, but it is really important to acknowledge that um, its origins and still today, it's a very significant and important part of many East Asian traditions. So we do not want to retract from that, despite the fact that, um, you know, capitalism uh, is doing that. <laughs> Consumerism <laughs> is doing that. We um, are not going to focus on its origin story um, other than to say, and not in a way to diminish its origin story, more that the lens we are approaching it from is from a wellness space. Well, and so, like, I think a lot of wellness trends, like, the capitalism loves to appropriate things from oh, traditional man. cultures. So, for sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is just like a one of the many drops in the bucket <laughs> examples of cultural appropriation for consumerism um, for and honestly, financial gain outside of original <laughs> community. <laughs> yeah, and and honestly, I think there's so many examples of this that like we aren't even aware the amount of things that we do on a regular basis that without knowing where it actually has come from, um, sure. it's it's a lot, right? Okay, <laughs> this particular form of cultural appropriation. Um, let's, Today, let's zone today's, in on today's version. Today's <laughs> today's culturally appropriated wellness trend is spin yeah, the totally, yeah. And like I said, I don't want to sound like I'm holier than thou uh, because I am a hundred percent positive that I am unknowingly, in many ways, you know, doing things that did not originate from white people in North America. Go, go figure. Okay, so matcha tea and green tea uh, both come from the same plant. And they're cultivated and processed differently. And that is why they are different entities. 80% of the world's green tea comes from China, but most matcha um, is cultivated in Japan. Uh, green tea is grown in the sun and matcha is shade grown during its final weeks before harvest. And that is the two, that is the one, that is the main difference between these two things. Yes. So the reason for that, and I don't know, 
originally why this happened? Like so many growing practices. It's like, how did you, I'm so curious. Like, right. How did people go? What point? Right. Yeah. Like, was it just like a really cloudy year and they noticed that the plants did something (laughs) like, I don't know, but I always find this so fascinating that humans figure random shit like this out. So anyways, (laughs) And you get two totally different things, right? right like the same plant right. in different conditions. It, I find this so interesting, but the plants grown in the shade and the reason for that, or the, the final sort of maturation of the plant is in the shade. And the reason for that is to force it to struggle to make chlorophyll, which results oh. in higher than normal levels of chlorophyll. So that's why it's that like the, the shade of green. Yeah, yeah. Versus like, if you think of green tea, it's more like versus, kind of like a muddy green versus like a bright, yeah, green. like a bright green. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's because of the chlorophyll, which makes perfect sense. Also you steep green tea and matcha it's, it's ground up of the leaves, not in a tea bag. Then you steep and you actually disperse it within hot water, like Right. Whatever I've seen gonna... like the whisks, the matcha whisks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're, and it doesn't dissolve. It literally just gets dispersed. Interesting. And then you, you consume it that way. So also from this shade, shady life that the, the, the plant leaves live for the last of its harvest, you get higher, um, theanine and caffeine levels. Mm. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. And then basically they pick they pick the leaves, they take the stems off, they dry, they chop and they store them. They process them. However they're going to process because this all food is processed. We learned (laughs) all of it. (laughs) I'm so excited for you to guess and get this wrong. So I can send you the answer (laughs) for you to open in the chat box. Any guess when we see mainstream Western use of matcha take off at a kabuckle, I want you to guess. I'm not going to send you the link till you guess. Um, like it feels like, like a mid nineties trend. No, 2015. (laughs) Okay. I've just put it in there and the link is very nondescript. So you cannot tell by the link. Surprise. surprise. Oh, it's so good. Hashtag goop approved. Gwyneth Paltrow. So the, the picture is like a very, so it's 2015, which you can tell by like the filter. Uh Uh-huh. It's an Instagram post when when there were only like the like 12 filters. Yeah. It's like sepia. Valencia. Valencia. X pro. (laughs) Right. So it's a very 2015 filtered photo of Gwyneth Paltrow drinking or holding her um, cup of matcha. It looks like a matcha latte. There's some foam there. I'm really trying hard not to be a bitch, but I will say for somebody (laughs) who claims um, to work towards sustainability, that disposable cup is really off brand for her. It's also 2015. I'm trying to think of like what the disposable cup climate was like in 2015. I feel like years ago. I feel like I'm very, I like, I have a very crunchy circle and (laughs) I, I know a number of friends who would not have been caught dead with a paper cup in 2015. Well, I, I'm just going to have to, I am not friends with Gwyneth. I will no. just add as a disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, tell me everything. Oh my gosh. This okay. Is- so the, the caption that she put under her photo is new dreamy discovery to warm up a wintry day matcha latte. And then she tags, um, like the business that she got the latte from. And of course that is all it takes. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
Was there matcha in North America before 2015? Absolutely. Sure. Of course. Absolutely. But, but. The, the crux of the issues and the um, negligence that goes into, it gets associated with Gwyneth Paltrow and her brand Goop is this very nonchalant sharing of things that sometimes are totally harmless or seemingly harmless. Like I'm just sharing my matcha latte. I really enjoy this. Like, is there anything inherently wrong? No, not at all. And honestly, I think if we remember Gwyneth Paltrow is like the child of Hollywood royalty. She is not, she has not struggled in her life. She genuinely, I think she just does not necessarily appreciate the level of wealth and privilege that she right. has compared to others and, and I influence do think, i think sometimes right she's I like well, i'm she's just posting a tea i liked it's like 100%. well 100 percent, right you're now single-handedly responsible for an yeah. increase in matchup production right it's like oprah whatever oprah yeah. share yeah. it's the same thing except for i would argue I think oprah's oprah, more aware of aware. it she's yeah. more business savvy yeah. Um, but I also wonder different. sometimes how much of it is like a persona that Gwyneth yeah. cultivates that like, well, yeah, sharing it when, I mean, I don't, again, yeah, how intentional is it eight years ago, but yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, I think you could argue both ways and we'll never know, <laughs> but I totally agree. There's just something that she does where it's like, I'm just sharing this thing. And sometimes that thing is really harmful, like vaginal steaming, <laughs> right uh, jade eggs like all this stuff and it's like yeah so in this case she's just sharing her matcha latte and i i'm gonna approach it from the angle of most people are just good people trying to do their best and she right. was probably just like using her instagram filter like she right it is what it is right so I found this amazing article from Hello Magazine in 2015 when this sort of like happened. I'm going to put I'm going to put the quote in the the box, the chat box here, and I would like you to read this. This is from Hello Magazine in 2015. <clears throat> Used by Japanese monks in the 12th century for its calming properties and by samurai warriors 100 years later for endurance. Matcha is basically ground green tea leaves added to hot water and frothed into a Quote, latte. It tastes like grass or spinach, although health conscious Gwyneth has described it simply as dreamy. Can we talk for a second about how, like, the general population seems to refer to this as tasting like grass? And Gwyneth <laughs> Paltrow's like, it's dreamy. Like, like you know what's dreamy? She hasn't like, eating real food enough to like know. Caramel ice cream is dreamy. Like, <gasps> percent have you ever had matcha like I in have, a latte actually. not like yeah. an ice cream or whatever it definitely tastes like grass for sure it and tastes really not great in my opinion like I am well not... I was gonna say I actually don't mind that very earthy taste yeah. like I don't find it unpleasant yeah, I do. but I certainly <laughs> wouldn't describe it I enjoy it and I would never call it dreamy and I mean, this is also just pointing out that I am not referring to it in its ceremonial form. So right. I'm literally yes. just describing as a consumer going to a place, paying money for a latte and right. being like, this tastes like grass. <laughs> that is my consumer experience. Right. Yes. And I am in no way commenting on its spiritual and cultural significance. Um, I think it's also worth highlighting one other thing that I'm going to put in the chat box for you. I mean, the the link 
name alone, I was already annoyed before I even clicked on it. <laughs> the link name is Cha-Cha Matcha Cha-Cha Ceremonial Grade Matcha Powder. Cha-Cha-Cha. <laughs> totally. And um, could you please read the descriptive note about where it comes from? Product details. Here's a fun fact. Cha-Cha not only sources their green tea leaves straight from the motherland. I'm going to butcher this, but Uji, Japan. They get it from the same farm that the emperor gets his stash from. And if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for us. I mean, it's just, it's... Could you, like, you might as well just, again, like, this isn't, this post is live on their website right now. It's not 2015. Like, why don't you... No, 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 no. You could not like a flashing neon sign that said cultural appropriation wouldn't be more of a red flag than that paragraph. I know. And that's kind of right. That's kind of the, yeah. And that is also why they can charge $69 for 2.1 ounces <laughs> of matcha powder. Adorable pink packaging. Check, check. Yeah. I mean, the, the branding's great. Um, but yeah, they've pulled, and this is what we see so often with with goop is not necessarily unintentional cultural appropriation but like overt cultural appropriation then with usually a response that's like we didn't we were just having fun and we, we didn't were just realize. celebrating the culture yeah we're really right. sorry if it was interpreted as and right. it's like you literally said i'm sorry emperor. i'm sorry if you felt that way yeah yeah, I do find their apologies a little bit better than I sorry you felt that way, but they don't change anything. Right. <laughs> it's like almost a decent apology with no action, which is right. worse. But which <laughs> so I don't know. Um, yeah, so she's making money off of matcha powder, which I, I could not figure out how long she's had the matcha powder on her website, but I think it's safe to say Instagram post goes up, this takes off, and then you know riding the coattails of that you right. would pop that on their website which from a purely from a brand um making money perspective as you would right that's a smart thing to do. that's what you're that's what you're gonna do yeah. so and that's where i think we can kind of question whether the intentionality like was it just like a sweet little post about a cold day in new york yeah. or... it'd be interesting to see the timeline that's all right. i have to say about that yeah. be interesting to see the timeline Okay, so let's talk a bit about the health claims. And I'm going to use the term health claims because they are claims. They are not, um, they're, they all come with the word might. <laughs> right. As, as, as a descriptive word. <laughs> so the claims are that it's high in antioxidants. This appears to be true, right? The, and that, we know lots that feels of like that, that is high something, in antioxidants. That is yeah. something measurable. Like yeah. you can, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, whether your body utilizes those antioxidants <laughs> or not is different, but but it, it they are present, and that so that that is quite likely a very fair claim. Um, L-theanine. I just don't know why that's hard because I want to say thine thine and it's not. It's theanine. Um, and E. I, sorry, go. I feel like L-theanine. I feel like that is like I see that everywhere. Like that's a yes. real wellness world yep. loves whatever that is. And I don't know what it is other than it seems like it's probably good. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit. I don't know if there's, it's worth, you know, looking into further at a different episode, but like, yes, I agree. Um, you do see this, uh, the L-theanine brought up and apologies to my biochemistry friends. If I am not <laughs> saying that right, because it's possible. I, I did take biochemistry and it was a long time ago and it wasn't my strongest subject. So we'll just leave that there. I might be saying this wrong. Apologies. Um, E, and it also has EGCG, 
which we're going to talk about. That is another word I'm going to butcher. That stands for. That was a that was the place all the punk bands played. No, that's CBGBs. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> that's easier to say at least. <laughs> so EGCG stands for Epigallocatechin Gallate. Good job. Thank you. Um, one of the other claims for matcha is that it increases thermogenesis, which you do hear a lot sort of in wellness space, which basically says like your body's um, rate of burning calories increases. So you're just going to burn more calories by eating or consuming this. So not, it's sort of framed as like, you, we know that if you lift weights, you're right. going to burn more calories for a longer period of time than if you do straight cardio. This is why right. weightlifting is so beneficial mm -hmm. for one of the many reasons, um, you know, outside of like your bone density and whatever, but for the more superficial reasons, this is why weightlifting is important. Um, so is this burn calories longer, is this claim like similar to the like 2020s, um, boost quote unquote, boost your metabolism claim. Cause that's what it feels like. It's like, totally. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. You would absolutely see that in the same space as people yeah. that claim to boost their metabolism, but here's the, where the numbers are hilarious. So if your baseline rate of thermogenesis, and I'm, I just need to say that like how we determine a person's baseline rate of thermogenesis, I, I, there, there's so many problems with this. Even like, to just this starting point is problematic. However, well, you can't tell me that you or I together as the similar demographic of individual have the same rate of thermogenesis. Like no. we just are different. Like yeah, I, yeah, you just can't, right? It feels like, like the kind of thing that would have to be at such a hyper individualized level that oh. you can't really make a. It's hard to extrapolate any useful data from every single person is an N of one. A hundred percent. Yeah, especially since like day to day, like yesterday, I spent most of my day working, sitting at a table. Right. I That's a very different a day than a day that yeah. you like take the dogs out twice and like get on your Peloton and like do all the things. A hundred percent. Yeah. Anyways, that was a tangent just to say that these numbers are very likely garbage. But um, if, if we consider that our baseline rate of thermogenesis is from, is about eight to 10%, the matcha is going to bring it to 35 to 34% of your daily energy expenditure. Right. So it's going to increase how you burn calories three, like by three times, threefold. That's like, I, I was like, I must've heard that wrong. I'm sure it just is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, A, because I don't know how, and this is the thing with a lot of these claims is like, how do you, how, how would you it's know It's hard that? to disprove something that you can't even prove in the first place. <laughs> right. So it's like, right. if you say that can't be true, they're like, prove it's wrong. Right. Well, okay. Uh, like, I mean, okay. It, it just fee it just feels wrong, but like, it, it just, I mean, you would, if that were true, people would just like waste away to a mere shadow of their former selves. If they were using this all the time. And you know what I mean? Like in conjunction with like, then the samurais weighed nothing. Right. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that the energy output of a samurai was probably high. Definitely <laughs> higher than somebody sitting at a desk in meetings. All <laughs> if not only for the fact that like being at war feels like it would be stressful. <laughs> I just, right. okay. Right. Sure. Sure. Okay. okay. Let's reel ourselves back here. So in summary, health claims that you see for matcha, high in antioxidants, L-theanine, 
and EGCG, um, and that is going to increase your thermogenesis rate. So interestingly enough about the EGCG, epigallocatechin gallate, <laughs> um, <laughs> is this like small footnote that says when taken orally, EGCG has poor absorption, even at <laughs> daily intakes equivalent to six to eight cups of green tea. Say, sorry, eight to 16 cups of green tea. 16? I can't even do eight, but you're telling me 16? Yeah. There is also a, a note that says if you were to drink that much green tea, you would have like gastrointestinal upset and oh my God, your like, little heart would explode. Like, oh, it's, it's just too much. It's too much. So, um, but, but the key ingredient that they're talking about has a poor oral absorption rate. Like your body right. just doesn't utilize it very right. well when, even if you're taking high doses, when you take it orally. So, right. Again, so I feel like this is similar to like in our collagen episode where it's like, hey, collagen is these things. And you're like, well, yeah, it is. But like, that doesn't mean that taking collagen is going to give me these things, right? It's like, it's high yeah. in antioxidants. Well, like, sure. I mean, maybe, but that like, then what, you know? And it has also all this EGCG. Sure. But like my body can't use it. So who cares? Well, and like for stuff like antioxidants, like, yeah, they're, they're good for you, but you can, if you just eat a, just, I make that sound easy, but you know, the proverbial, if you just eat a healthy, well-rounded right. whole foods diet, you're going to end up getting a lot of antioxidants in your food, right? right? You're going to eat right. blueberries. You're, if you I eat seasonally, say, right, you're going to, we ate, we ate blueberries this morning for breakfast here. In my totally. House. Yeah. So if that's within your wheelhouse in terms of bandwidth and finances, all of this stuff can be summarized best by saying if like go and eat a well-rounded whole mm -hmm. foods diet and eat food that is seasonally, you know, available. Mm -hmm. That's like at the bottom lines of most food studies, kind of what comes right. Move your body, be active, eat well. Like it's just the generic, right. the generic food advice. Same yeah. old boring, hard to uh, commercialize <laughs> Data. Drink water, get a good night's sleep. Like I get it. <laughs> Tell that to my kids. Um, I that's actually that's not true. My kids sleep well, but but still. Tell that to like my brain when I have a bad dream oh my and I wake up for no reason. Tell that to like a deadline when it's like coming up. Right? A hundred percent. Like yeah. thanks. Well, that to my mortgage payment this month. Yeah. Like, I don't know, you know. <laughs> so many reasons. So the L-theanine is um an amino acid. It's found in tea. It's found in some mushrooms, another very trendy wellness food, Yeah, different mushrooms also in tea form. I've never had like those mushroom teas, but nothing sounds less appealing than the taste of my, maybe I'd have to just tell myself I'm drinking like broth. Well, okay. I will say better. I have had like the mushroom hot the chocolate. Oh yeah. 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 And it's, I it's mean, chocolate in it. Yeah. But I mean, look, you could put. I don't know, something in your, you could put honey in your matcha tea and then it's going to not taste so much like grass. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, that's true. You just, that's true. You can mask you, flavors you work around it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Very muddy though. Very muddy. <laughs> God. <laughs> so our L-theanine is an amino acid. It's found in tea, some mushrooms, and it comes in two main forms. It does not matter because we are not biochemists, but there's L and D. Um, but L-theanine is the most common form, so that's why you hear it and see it brought up. Um, 
because it's just more available. <laughs> it might affect <laughs> brain chemicals such as GABA, dopamine, and serotonin. Mm. Maybe. Might not too, but it might. It might not too. And I think that this is a great point to stop and just remind us that plants are very dependent on their growing conditions. Mm, and so uh -huh. your mushroom tea or hot chocolate, if grow, if the mushrooms come, if that company sources mushrooms from different places and then they blend the mushrooms together, did the mushrooms get more rainfall this year than last year? Did they, like, there's just so many variables with food. Yeah. Anybody that has a little veggie garden out back knows that some year things grow so well. And then you do all the same things the next year and like, and nothing, nothing happens. Right. So I just think it's really important whenever we're looking at supplements, which is, and they're not regulated, right? But whenever looking at these sort of plant-derived supplements, the chemical constituents in them are going to change seasonally. They're going to change like crop over crop. Like there's huge swings in variation. So they may affect dopamine, GABA, serotonin, but that doesn't mean they always will. That doesn't mean that it happens consistently. It doesn't mean that maybe uh, you don't need such a high dose that for it to trigger and affect any of those, you know, right. neurochemicals, you don't, you, it could cause harm to like your liver or, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that's the case here, but it's more just that when you see things that make these loose claims, like they might affect this, it's like, but it could also affect other things or right. do nothing. It's a might. Right. right. And by saying might, a uh, company's removing liability right. um, from their claims because they're saying, well, we didn't say it was going to. We said it might. Right. Oh, it looks like it didn't. So, mm. yeah, we didn't right. lie. We right. didn't promise anything. Right. L-theanine is used in some sort of naturopathic ways uh, to improve, air quotes, mental function. Uh, you see it mixed with ashwagandha for anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, stress. There's no real scientific evidence to support this. Um, but you do see L-theanine as calming. Um, and you see it mixed with like melatonin. Like I have a melatonin from like Costco and there's this L-theanine in it. So it, it's definitely widely Kirkland has mixed it in with their melatonin tab. Therefore like, it is very widely used. Therefore, yeah, this is no longer just niche wellness. This right? is not niche wellness. This is actually super size version from Costco. Um, and, and basically the gist of it is, is that it's calming. So the thought is that you don't get jittery from green tea or matcha because the L-theanine, mm -hmm sort of you kind of have like it. a balance scales with the caffeine yes right yes interesting and you do see a lot of when you read things that talk about improving sleep and whatnot they say try swapping coffee for green tea if you really need the caffeine so yeah. the, it's definitely it could be more old wives tale and it's just become accepted as true but is it does there... make it does hold logical sense, right? And where's I the mean... harm is I think right. more what yeah. I look at. Like, okay, but is it harmful to, you know, drink green tea instead of coffee? <laughs> like, no. No. People have been drinking green tea for like literally centuries. <laughs> 
and they still drink it. And there's lots of data to say green tea is safe. Like fine. Right. It's fine. Um, but matcha does have a lot of caffeine in it. So one teaspoon of matcha. So just think about a teaspoon. Like if you were to make instant coffee, you'd probably put like two tablespoons, one to two tablespoons. I say as someone who doesn't camp, so I'm really not familiar with instant coffee, but I've seen it used and it's like well over a teaspoon. But with the one teaspoon of matcha, you get 70 milligrams of caffeine. And if you compare that to a shot of espresso, that has 64 milligrams of caffeine. Oh, wow. So there's actually a... Like it packs a mean punch of caffeine. So you'd think if you just think about getting the jitters, like the anxiety jitters after too much coffee. Yeah. I mean, do people get anxiety jitters after too much matcha or green tea? Maybe. It, it, it certainly <laughs> doesn't hold the same like cultural story no. that coffee does. Right. And no. is that is the caffeine like how I assume that it would be higher in matcha than green tea? That is, yes, because of the shade. Because of the way that it's, yeah. It increases the caffeine content. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So green tea, I believe, remember, I remember hearing stats that like green tea had about the same caffeine as coffee and remember being like, that's so surprising. So <laughs> oh, new. Yeah, totally. So matcha definitely has more caffeine than green tea, which is part of the reason why um, matcha is what it is, is that that was essentially done intentionally, probably by accident at first, and then intentionally by having the plants, you know, hang out in the shade for a few weeks before harvesting. Right. Ups the caffeine content amongst other things. I also think what's really interesting when we look at matcha and wellness is Japan as a country is often used as like a health marker country. Mm-hmm. They have low obesity rates. They have low rates of cardiovascular disease. Um, the Japanese diet has been researched a lot. Um, we actually talked about this with Mediterranean diet, Ansel mm-hmm. Keys and the seven country study like that. The Japan was one Japan of the countries Japan was one there. of the seven countries, yeah. Yeah, so it's important to factor though data collection and larger lifestyle differences. Um, uh-huh. And one of the things that comes up over and over is that in North America, the stress levels of your <sighs> average person are are considerably higher than that of other countries, right. particularly countries that still retain some sort of historical, cultural similarities in lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still some more traditional components to lifestyle that we just don't have in North America because mm-hmm. because I mean, our because our culture adopted our. Yeah, we adopted our own culture, sort of, and which is more bigger, old. better, faster. Yeah, right. Well, and there's accomplish not a, more, rest less. Uh, be you busy. don't eat as a family. You don't. Yeah. There's just a whole lot of different things we don't eat seasonally here mm-hmm. because we don't have to, and that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing in a lot of cases because it's great to have access to fresh fruit and vegetables year round. Like that's antioxidants fantastic. in December, right? Well, and and also like if you've got kids that are picky eaters, if you could mm-hmm. only feed them berries in the summer, like it, it, it's it's better for them to eat fresh fruits and vegetables if possible year round versus just seasonally. Even though eating seasonally is you know a great thing to to do where possible, it's not to say that you never eat things that aren't growing in season, right? Right. So, and I think that's part of. Um, a big part of it is this is the lifestyle you'd have to really break down into how do people eat is it 
social because so many places Mm -hmm. around the world, food is so much more social than we make it here. Well, and I, even like when we look at like family structure and relations, right, you have very, you have a considerably reduced access to, you know, uh, multi-generational family lineages here in North America than we see in most other places in the world, certainly traditionally and still currently, you know, you really you know, you see somebody's grandpa is living with them. You see, you know, somebody's aunts and uncles and their kids are all, you know, everyone's in the same house where here it's, we just don't have that same Mm multi-generational. Yeah. Component lifestyle. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And there's lots of reasons for that. So I think there's huge, huge lifestyle differences, um, that just are very hard to capture, um, and very hard to make meaningful, particularly when you're viewing them from a culture that doesn't necessarily, that doesn't value the same things. Like we all Mm -hmm. have different values. So it's definitely a loaded subject, but Japan, but Japan is very commonly a country that's used as a marker of health. Mm -hmm. And it'd be very interesting to see, and I do not know the answer to this, um, like how do they, what is their diagnostic criteria for cardiovascular disease in Japan? Right. Cause this is something else that we is it talked the same? about, right. I don't know. How do you, from country to country, even looking at something that should be simple, like cause of death is yeah. wildly different. Totally. So is, is it the same diagnostic criteria? I genuinely don't know the answer to that, but, it, but it's more just to say, you have to ask questions. What do they define as obesity? Are they using the BMI? Are they using other metrics that we don't use here? Even if those metrics are not helpful or valuable in our country, if they're different than metrics used in other countries, how do you compare the two? Right. Then it's even less useful than an already not useful piece of information might be. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm not, this isn't me saying, I know how they measure these things. It's more just to say that these are questions that come up when you look at comparative data. How comparable is it really? Mm Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times with these big meta studies, these meta analysis studies, it'll be once they're published, someone else will be like, hey, we found a limitation to your study. Right. Oh, actually, it turns out these are really dramatically different diagnostic criteria in these three countries. Which is why it's really important if somebody is referencing a study to have an active link, because if you go to a link for a peer reviewed study and there are... um, uh, notes that get added to it. There are mm-hmm. changes there that will come up on the link versus if you just post the study in its original the, the document, form, right, there could be yeah. revisions that happen. Right. And so always good to go to direct to the source. Um, but all this to really say that it's very hard to compare health metrics uh, ever, but especially <laughs> when you're looking between different countries that use different systems mm-hmm. Um it's, it's just, it's not a straightforward thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I think where we really see matcha coming back is with this resurgence or with this, Ozempic has brought a resurgence mm-hmm. of weight loss mm-hmm. and what does weight loss look like and weight loss as a marker of health. And then it brings up, so, okay, so if we say Ozempic's the new, the standard, what are, but it's really expensive. You need a prescription. It's not going to be Like, even if you want it, you're not necessarily going to get a prescription for it because your doctor might say, no, this isn't appropriate for you, whatever. There's a lot of barriers to accessing an expensive medication like Ozempic. Mm -hmm. 
never mind ethics, but just strict <laughs> barriers to, to getting it. So right. then you're going to have people that are like, okay, what else can I use to lose weight? Right. Right. And the internet is a very smart, smart people are using the internet and they know that if they're selling something like matcha that has some claims to increase your ability to burn calories, they're going to tie in search engine optimization terms. They're going to tie in things to bring you, if you're looking up Ozempic or what's a natural form of Ozempic or like whatever. And mm -hmm. this is where AI comes in hugely as well, right? It can tailor your search to bring you to other products that are less expensive or more accessible or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so you really see, like, I don't know about you, but like, if I, my algorithms are a real mishmash because of looking up stuff like this. So like my <laughs> Pinterest, but if I, I cannot tell you random YouTube things that I have, oh, up in my <laughs> but the thing I find so interesting about Pinterest, it has almost an instantaneous algorithm change. So like, if you put in, um, like healthy dinner ideas, it's all of a sudden, and then you refresh your homepage for Pinterest, it's going to populate it with that. So it is very quick at, at, um, figuring out what you want to see. And it will TikTok is very much like that too. TikTok is like really hyper responsive. It is a really for better a, and for worse. Totally. It's a very different um style of of algorithm mm -hmm. um versus like Instagram that kind of pulls things a bit more slowly, I find. Mm -hmm. Um and you're gonna find a lot of this stuff. And some and it's not all by accident, it's intentional. You have people right. marketing things. So weight loss is just such a hot topic. It seems like we go in sort of waves lately. And, you know, body positivity and, you know, body acceptance was kind of on the upswing and now it kind of just feels like it's all weight loss. Oh, it was stuff. only, it was, it was only on the upswing until we figured out a new weight loss drug. And now it's, we can go back to having it not be cool again. Totally. Totally. Right. right? So I think that's just, we're just going to be seeing, um, more and more of this type of stuff, um, you know, natural air quote, natural ways to burn more calories, et cetera. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, though, when we look at studies on this, most of the studies are on green tea, not on matcha. Mm. Um, and that's just because people have been studying green tea longer for whatever right. reason. Um, there's not a ton of evidence to say it's harmful. Um, and there's, it, it might be helpful at some for some people in some circumstances, but there's also a real risk of um, drug compatibility issues. So mm. you can't just down a bunch of green tea or matcha if you're on certain medications. So it's definitely something that you, I personally would talk to a pharmacist. Your doctor's great, hard to get into your doctor. You can literally walk up to a pharmacist at any like grocery store that has a pharmacy, any drugstore, and you they're, can ask that pharmacist questions. They're really good resource. at medication interactions really really good it's fantastic yeah. they're amazing yeah. and they have a whole database that they can like literally put put in um to to cross match that too so if you are somebody who is on medications and you want to you know you, you up your green tea intake or your matcha like definitely check with your pharmacist because it's not totally benign but if you are not somebody who's taking medications it seems like it's basically pretty benign is it going to do anything beneficial? I mean, maybe, but probably it might. not. It also might not, but it might. It also might not. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it does your bandwidth and your finances support drinking grass water <laughs> that tastes like grass to some people. 
unless you think it's dreamy like Gwyneth Paltrow there's also that I mean it, it's just it's like so many things in the wellness industry it it doesn't have a ton to substantiate it as highly beneficial it doesn't have a ton to say that it's harmful so proceed uh, as your wallet and your brain personal opinions your personal opinions allow <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to me in the middle. We really appreciate your support. And if you could do us a big favor and subscribe and share this podcast, it would mean the world to us.